This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torch Talk Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO that's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout such and such media.com. What's up guys. This is Ryan with torch talk podcast. And today we're going to get in the weeds a little bit. I've got, uh, the famous, uh, the all knowing the door God, Jim McGrath, I know he's probably just waiting to say, what the heck are you saying? Um, but uh, Jim's been around the industry longer than the industry has been around. So we're going to let him talk to us about some past experiences, what's going on in the industry, and maybe talk a little bit about uh, how to navigate these times. And so, Jim, how are you today? Brian, I am doing fantastic. As I said earlier, my day is complete now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> you're such a liar quit flirting you know i love doing this and i'm nowhere near the door god i might be the old guy that people can uh, default to to ask silly questions but uh, uh by no means am i a door god i i bow my head to people such as yourself that uh has taken our industry to a new level and uh, a new recognition oh, i appreciate that um so let's dive right in because um, I really want to get to the meat of, of kind of why we wanted to have you on today. You've been around for a while. We got a lot of young cats in the industry. Um, they, they haven't seen anything like this before. You probably haven't seen anything like this before either, but your experience, your expertise, like, I really feel like we need to bridge the gap between the experience and the guys that have been in the industry for a long time and some of the new cats that are coming in or, uh, started their own business the last few years maybe give them some guidance. So if this is going to be the perfect podcast for you, if you, you've been in business like me for like five, maybe 10 years, you haven't been through something like this before. Um, if you went through 2008 range, 2000, 2001 range, maybe you've experienced something similar, but not the same. So we're going to get into the weeds a little bit and talk about what's going on. So Jim, um, what do you, what do you think, dude? Let's get some broad thoughts first and we'll drill down. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting topic, Brian. You say, you know, people that have not been in business very long, and what do you do? You know, I'm going to go back and tell you the biggest game changer in the last 30 years was when 9-11 hit. 9-11 uh, hit, and um, I had to develop a plan to close my business. That's how slow things got. And all, all anybody wanted to do was sit and watch the TV. So you go from... Uh, 
disaster such as that to what we're faced with today, which is another disaster, but in a totally different uh, capacity. You, we went from having a plan to close my business down in 2001 after 9-11, and we go to the point now where the pandemic cost us so much in income and trying to get our products and trying to do our business to such a boom, which I would have never expected, um, the boom from people staying home, not taking vacations, let me go ahead and spend my money here and there to the point where our total industry is in a disaster. And you know what? It's your face, it's my face, it's the face of the listeners that the people are looking to. They're not looking to the manufacturer. They could care less about the manufacturer. They're looking flat at you, the dealer, to say, hey, what's the problem? Why can't I get this? And oh, you're lying to me. You know, we're not lying to them. Somebody asked, could IDA put out a letter uh, giving some validity to this? And we're working on that. Uh, I think you could possibly see something like that. But the bottom line lies is our manufacturers are in a crunch because they can't get the steel that they need. And we are in a crunch because we can't get the doors that we need. And when is this boom going to stop? You know, probably when the government quits giving away free money, the boom is going to stop. I haven't seen anybody on social media say they are slowing down because of the difficulty of getting product. Um, we heard, you know, springs were a problem. We heard the doors are a problem. No one is saying that their phone isn't ringing anymore. We are all still very busy and we don't see any dealers bowing out. We actually see them. Uh, we're seeing more and more tailgaters coming into the business and going into it. Uh, we're, we're just in an unbelievable period and no one, I, I, I can't say that there's any one single blame out there except for our buddies across the pond in China. Uh, you know, they have such an effect, and in our case, a negative effect on our economy and on our industry. So I don't know, I'm going to throw something out here, or I'll probably get chastised for saying this, but I've even come so close to saying, give me a container full of Chinese uh, door section, and I'll put, put them together over here. Uh, I've come close to doing it. I don't it. even, but is it the door section? I don't even, like, I've got, um, this is going to be uh, released later, but uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 25th, or Friday, 25th. I've got a, um, I've got a panel discussion today, live, right. with um, Service Spring and Haas. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them credit for coming on, but I'm going to ask them some pretty tough questions, hopefully get some answers. But uh, I don't think it's the door sections that's the problem because we're getting sections. We're just not able to get like, you know, they were getting doors sometimes without track or without springs. Um, and so uh, that's really been the issue. The issue is for me, and I don't know if this is the same for everybody. I feel like I, I hear different things from different people, like what the issues are. but you know, I buy a lot of my springs from service spring and I have for a long time. Well, 
if I order from them right now, I'm having to pay, I can't get the bulk discount. So there's no advantage there. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, basically in my opinion, paying retail for springs based on what I'm used to paying. And then I'm having to pull those springs to put with doors. And then I just get an email from Clopay saying that, you know, Hey, if we shorted you on something, we'll share in the expense. Well, that's unacceptable to me because I don't want you to share in the expense. I want you to pay the expense because you shorted me something I paid for. And then I'm having to pay extra for springs that I need for service because Plus service 15. is where my margins at. So you're Plus asking me to take, take a spring away from one of my guys who's going to make right now, four five, $600 on a repair. And you're telling me to take that spring and put it on a door and that I already paid for the spring for. It makes no sense. No, absolutely not. But I'm having to do it to get my doors installed and I'm out couple dozen springs right now. And I'm like, dude, I've told, I've told, uh, Tisha, listen, do not pay bills. If they shorted us something like we're going to stop paying them. Um, so just remove those POs from the bill and they can either ship us the spring or they can re, re or give us a revised invoice based on how much we had to pay for those springs and shipping, which I don't even, I, I don't even think, I think we should tack on more because, there's more involved in it. And, and we're, you know, those are coming out of our repair stash. So uh, it's a real problem. And I think the manufacturers, you know, uh, th this is the time where they probably should be showing us a little love and, and having some flexibility. And I feel like they're getting more and more strict and they're kind of like, we'll see how much we can get away with. And because dealers aren't united and we don't have that fortitude, you know, that fortitude to work together, we're all just complaining about it. Have you ever tried to call one of your salesmen right now? They won't answer the phone. You yeah, can't I can't get a salesman on the line to talk any, you know, pricing, any delivery situations. Uh, they, they've ghosted everybody. It's going to come back around and it's going to bite them. But, you know, do you go? from a Clopay to an Amar or from an Amar to a Safeway or from a Safeway to a Haas, you do that. Um, they're all having the same problem and they're all gonna have to figure out a way to make it up to us. Now, I do believe that we're gonna find out, um, we're going to change the way that we do business. Uh, whether it's whether, whether we spread our uh, purchases out to multiple, uh, door dealers, and they're going to have to understand this, or door manufacturers, whether we spread our, our uh, purchases out, or in our case, I'll, I'll give you a case of how my company does business, is we buy bulk track springs and hardware, and we put the doors together. So when we're out there buying doors, we're only buying sections so that we can put everything else together. Now, I'm saying that to be on a seven or eight foot door, I'm not saying that, you know, we keep the track springs and hardware is in stock for 14 by 14s or 18 by 18s or right. anything else like that uh, for your every common day uh, job. So those companies, th this platform may not work for those, all those commercial companies out there. That's all they're going to do is commercial. Um, but in our predominantly residential style company, we do just that. We buy our sections only and we piece together our hardware, springs, and everything else. We have changed the way that we do business as far as with 
our spring provider. And, uh, you know, you order what we ordered before every month. Now we're ordering every other week so that we get the volume in. We're allotted 500 pounds, whatever service spring is doing. We allotted uh, that amount of springs, but now we've stepped up how often we do that. So we do have some pallets sitting up on the rack that uh, if all of a sudden we go through a dry spell of three weeks or four weeks, we can uh, survive that. Now that doesn't help the little guy. The little guy that goes out and clamps the spring, orders the spring, is used to getting it in the next day and goes and picks the door. There, there's no helping you. If you can't have an inventory, um, you're just gonna have to go with the flow and go at the mercy of what that distribution center will, will sell you and what they will provide. We are all, a year from now, we are all going to change the way we have done business. And then on one other topic that you already started about, Ryan, is I, I, uh, Paul McManus and, and Rankin, I applaud them. Uh, you know, they, they, they are coming on to your show and they are both um, very dedicated to our industry, but are both very good speakers on uh, giving the truth that uh, without any BS, they'll tell you the truth when you ask that question. Yeah, and, and it's them. great. I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, last time when I did the um, panel discussion for virtual door dealer conference, I, I could, I was, I had planned to have four guys on and I could only get two because no one else wanted to do it. Um, so for me, I'm like, okay, so let me get this right. Dealers are begging for information that you have and you're refusing. So that tells me what I need to know. Yeah. Uh, and then. I'm doing this one for free because I, I feel like the industry needs the platform. Um, and I've been kind of sitting back since virtual door dealer conference, looking at IDA uh, and been very pleased with some of the progress that they're putting out. Like uh, since virtual door dealer conference, I feel like they're putting a lot more effort into things. I still think there's still a lot of room for improvement. If they have somebody working full time on our industry, we should be seeing a lot more uh, information, a lot more assistance. We shouldn't have to ask them for a letter. The letter should have come months ago, proactively. Uh, they need to be so in the weeds with us right now that they are proactively making the letter. Hey, this is a resource that you guys could use. Boom, there you go. Here's an updated version. Boom, here you go. And I'm not trying to knock on anybody. I'm just saying like, I feel like everybody's in this very reactive mode right now. And I don't have time to do panel discussions right now. I'm slammed, but I did the panel discussion because I want to help dealers. I'm talking to dealers every day and um, I'm having conversations with them and everyone's dealing with some certainly different things. And everybody's like, they don't have the answers. They don't know where's the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I was like, you know what, let's just, uh, everybody liked the panel discussion at virtual door dealer conference. Let me see if I can get some people. Uh, and Tamara had a whale of a time trying to get anybody to commit to it. But, um, you know, Rankin jumped on board and he's freaking awesome. I love him. Huge kudos to him and service spring. What a great operation they run. Um, I don't have a problem getting in touch with my rep at service spring. Uh, I don't have a problem getting product from them. You know, I do have to order online and sometimes call him to make sure that everything's good, but he's answers the phone almost every single time and, and helps me out. 
and uh, Rankin's been great. He's been on the podcast before. And then, you know, I think uh, Paul saw a post on Facebook without posted about the panel discussion. He was like, Hey man, what can I do to help? And so that kudos to those guys. And, and they're going to get a couple of tough questions, but I'm not trying to drill them. I'm just trying to get information. And so um, we're going to have some really good conversations there and it, it's probably already live. So if you're listening to this, make sure you go check it out. But um, a couple of things that I've got problems with, I want to chat with you about is. Hey Ryan. Um, yeah. Can I throw something in there real quick? Yeah. Since you touched on the topic. Everybody knows that I wear two hats. Everybody knows that I uh, am a door dealer. Uh, I'm on social media. I'm very, uh, you can reach out and touch me. I'll be more than happy to answer your calls. I'll answer your questions. Uh, I try to be available for everybody. Now, I also have a second hat, and that's an IDA hat. I wear that for less than one more year. I've only got a few more months left, and I'll be uh, leaving the board. But IDA has been very important to me for the last five years. And I want to defend IDA a little bit. Um, we all know, and I'm going to try to do it in layman's terms, we all know that we have had a contractor that we start, started working with from the very beginning. You're not sure about that contractor, so you give them a little bit of rope, but you don't know where exactly you're going. Um, I'm going to say that the Cullen team that manages IDA is that contractor, okay? IDA gave them the authority to go ahead and start running our association and we signed a three-year contract. We liked what they did for us. We could see some improvements. We could see some things that were happening. So we extended our contract. They, in turn, have now added more personnel to our team. So I do believe that you're going to see more of a proactive approach from IDA instead of a reactive approach in the coming year, two years, and beyond. Good. But we had to get used, just like you have to get used to that contractor, that contractor, in this case, being the column team, had to get used to us. And they're still learning, okay? They're, they are still learning every single day, but we do have a dedicated team, and I, I beg everyone to give them just a little bit more time to really become that proactive team. Um, you know, I give suggestions. Sometimes people think that I'm, I'm a a little bit too forthcoming. And I try to give them suggestions and direction and, and everything else. And um, I'll be honest, you know, sometimes they're not received well, but six months later, guess what they're doing? So let's give them a little bit more time, give them a little bit more latitude. Uh, but boy, I, I, I just hope we never are faced with something like this again. Yeah, me too. I just, I, I do a panel discussion because nobody else is, you know, I yeah. do virtual door dealer conference because nobody else is. Right. Um, I wouldn't have even come up with the idea if we were proactive about stuff and doing it. And, you know, a lot of this stuff benefits me and some of it doesn't, but I'm, I'm passionate about helping the industry. I'm passionate about the guys. Um, you know, my heart probably isn't like, you know, I get a lot of flack from people who are like, Hey, what about the technician, bro? What about the technician? And I'm like, that's great, dude. You guys got some resources or create your own. Like, I don't know, but my heart is the owner. The owner that that wants to be a good leader 
or doesn't have anybody to talk to, or, you know, being an owner is probably one of the most lonely positions in the world, being an entrepreneur, being an owner of a business. And I've owned multiple companies. I've served under great leaders who own companies and I've seen it all. And I've been blessed to, to have a lot of experience and that's my passion. I want to help owners navigate tough times and I want to help them thrive during great times. And I want to, I want to be here for people. I mean, I get hit up almost every single day by multiple people asking me questions and I answer them and I'll try, you know, if it's quick, I'll just give them answers, whatever. I jump on calls with people. Uh, but I got two businesses to run too. Right. And so I just think like the industry so hungry for information and something, right. I, I started the podcast because there was nobody was like the voice of the industry. And that was an opportunity that I feel like was missed by ID, IDA, which is great. You guys started your own podcast, freaking awesome. Love it. I'm, I don't feel any type of like uh, competition. The more the merrier. I hope there's five industry podcasts in the next freaking 10 years. I don't care. Um, and so I, I just, I think what, what frustrates me is, is that like, we shouldn't have to have a door guy doing it all we should have an industry association who is proactively doing these things to where I can sit in the chair and listen, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And so, um, you know, I do it partly because I feel that I'm obligated and I have the expertise and uh, wherewithal to pull it off, but how much easier would it have been for IDA to reach out to manufacturers and be like, Hey, we need a representative uh, from a couple of door companies to come on and answer a few questions. And uh, really, you know, we're going to ask some transparent questions and we need some transparent answers. Um, that probably would have happened uh, where I had to fight tooth and nail to try to get the two people that I've got on. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was worried we were only going to have one for, uh, so I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the amount of energy that I got to put into something like that is probably four or five times what they would have to. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit better on the tech side, but that's the easy part. Um, and I would be happy to help them with it. I just want more information. I, I'm, everybody's got their hands up, like what the heck is going on? And I don't know if we're going to get it in this panel discussion or not, but I hope so. But it just seems like it would be so much easier if the manufacturers and IDA were like, hey, listen, what information do the dealers need? And let's make sure we communicate this information to them on a weekly basis. Boom. I think that solves so many problems instead of us just learning everything through emails and not having really the ability to ask any questions about it. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. How are you, Roman? Doing great. I just wanted to reach out and let you guys know how grateful I am that Somer has been a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Yeah, fifth season already. We've had four really good seasons and a lot of good success for us. That's great to hear. At this point, though, I think everybody's pretty much heard of you guys that follow the podcast. What do you think we could say to make your ad stand out for season five? Well, I think we've been working really hard on customer service, making sure that our team and everyone knows all the technical things they need to know to make sure we get uh, the best and quickest service to both homeowners and dealers. Um, we've also been putting a lot of stuff out there to improve product knowledge so that customers know how to or so dealers and technicians can know how to troubleshoot 
or know you know what all our operators are capable of because there's a lot of stuff even stuff that's not in the manual and um, we're continually improving the product we've had a couple of new software releases in the last year um, we're continually adding additional accessories and we've got some even new operators in the pipeline that we're excited about so you guys got a lot going on that is great Am I allowed to talk about how awesome you guys have been through all the shortages and price increases? You guys have been like steady Eddie, like you didn't skip a beat, no quality issues to my knowledge or anything. Well, summer is a German company. You know, we, we do things slowly, but we're, we try to do them well. That is super true. You guys have a great team and I am so thankful and proud to have you guys as a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Hey, Torsion Talk family. If you haven't tried Somer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at Somer, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes these doors are a game changer and a statement piece if you want a project that will draw attention sell Schweiss door tell them ryan with torch talk podcast sent you visit bifold.com that's b-i-f-o-l-d.com so many problems instead of us just learning everything through emails and not having really the ability to ask any questions about it you will get no argument from me whatsoever and you see once again, you you are a very good example. How long has Torsion Talk been on been on the air now? Uh, that's a good question, bro. Let's know. just say two years. Time, yeah, roughly. Okay. Torsion Talk's been on the air for two years, and IDA's podcast has been on the air for two months. Mm-hmm. It's take it took an additional twenty two months for IDA to say, ah, this is a good idea. Maybe we should try to do something like it. Okay, they're not there. I don't believe that they're mirroring what you do uh, because IDA has to do everything politically correct. And uh, my discussion with you today uh, is probably not politically correct because we have already mentioned some suppliers that uh, they would have a canary on you uh, basically speaking out uh, suppliers' names. You cannot use suppliers' names. You could. You could say ABC door company and XYZ door company, but you could not use actual names. So that's the difference really between what you're putting on and what they're putting on. And both are fantastic because uh, you're, you're having a more open dialogue and they are going to have a more uh, politically correct dialogue. Yeah. And I, I don't think either one's wrong, right? And I think it's just oh. the position that you're in. I love all the manufacturers. I mean, I, I'm friends with people at high levels, but I'm still going to call them out, right? I mean, like, hey, dude, you can do better with this. Right. And, and I hopefully, like, if I fall short, they can call me out too. Like, 
I don't have a problem. I had a conversation with my team today. Like we had a sale. We, we have a 15 minute meeting every morning. And I really threw him for a loop today because we got in and I was like, listen, we're going to deal with something different today. I said, you know, uh, when we cross the threshold of this room every morning, this is where it's safe space. This is where if we got beef with each other, we handle it here. When we cross back over that line, you know, in front of the customers, we, we do that the right way. Every manufacturer right now is dealing with the same thing. So I can name every manufacturer and put them all in a box. I've, I've intentionally not crushed any like one manufacturer. I can, I can rattle off plenty of issues right now with all the suppliers that we've talked to, like I work with. Um, but I intentionally don't do that. Like, uh, I don't mind talking about letters from certain manufacturers, price increases, who's doing good, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I mean, we can all do better. Right. And, and so I don't think that, uh, any, like, I think everybody's so freaking sensitive, um, and so scared about what's going to be said that like it paralyzes people. So, um, you know, I got a manufacturer who straight up told me they didn't want to come on to the, um, uh, the, the panel discussion because they didn't want to give away any trade secrets that would give their competitors an advantage. Are you kidding me right now? Really? Are you joking? Jim, come on, dude. Please tell me that I'm not an idiot by thinking that that was a complete blow off and a poor excuse for not wanting to come on. There's no trade secrets out there. I mean, I guarantee you everything that one door company does, the other door company knows about. Now there might be something in development that I could consider a trade secret, but I can't even imagine anybody wanting to develop anything in this, in this uh, atmosphere right now that we're having, you know, that, that new item that's gonna come out and change our industry. I can't imagine that happening right now because everybody needs to be all in in what they're trying to accomplish in a very successful manner. And the only thing that I haven't heard is that manufacturer yet that has, uh, uh, gone out and gotten in the semi and delivered trucks yet because uh, you know their driver didn't show up. That's the only thing that I haven't heard. Other than that, there's there's people on the floor that aren't normally on the floor. There's people loading trucks that aren't normally loading trucks. So yeah, there's no trade secrets out there right now. It's just what once again one of those excuses that they opted to use. Yeah. So how, how do we, like, I don't want to sit here and have a freaking session with you where we complain about everything that's not going great. Cause we all know what can we do? Um, so I want to touch on two things before we wrap up the podcast. Number one, how do we bridge the gap between the dealers and the manufacturers where the manufacturers respect the dealers and we can have transparent conversation. And then number two, I want to get, before we get off, we can tackle that since we're on the topic, but then Let's talk about like tactical stuff that dealers can do right now that you, you and me maybe are doing with our businesses or ideas we've heard from other people that might be helping them out. Um, maybe some things that people are struggling with and maybe just some encouragement, but um, let's start with, with the, the manufacturers and the dealers, not, not from a podcast perspective, not from a me and you perspective, but like, on a daily, on a, on a daily basis, 
how do we encourage manufacturers to talk to their dealers, dealers talk to their manufacturers and really create change and transparency? Because that seems to be one of the biggest issues that I'm seeing right now that I want to see changed. Obviously, the manufacturer has got to come out and give us some open dialogue. They are not being 100% transparent to their dealers. Um, and there's absolutely no customer service out there right now towards your dealer. I don't know how we're going to improve this, Ryan. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really scared to see what's going to happen in April when we have Expo and these manufacturers show up and try to defend their stance. Um, they're I don't think they'll be there. Fix something before then. Uh, I don't think they'll show up. I think it'll be just like last year. Um, I'll tell you right now. All the major manufacturers that were in Salt Lake City two years ago have signed up to attend. Right now, the show floor is at 85% sold. Uh, when you, I'm talking about 85% sold eight months out from Expo, that is by far phenomenal. Good. So there That's is a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm wrong. What, sir? That I was wrong. Yeah. We are 85% sold, and I'm just really excited. So I do know in the next eight months, they're going to have to change something because they're not going to want to put up with the uh, the implosion that's going to happen in Vegas. Now, I believe that there is going to be a lot of implosion in Vegas, that people are going to go say that, hey, I've been buying from XYZ door company and manufacturer, and I'm not happy with it. And I need to do this, 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 and this. I truly believe that the smaller door company um, is going to benefit, and I mean manufacturer, okay? The, the ones that are still able to give customer service. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give a throw out to Safeway there. Or, um, uh, What's the one over on the East Coast and Mike Baddock always goes to general, general garage door companies. Those companies are going to see uh, people scampering to them because they do still have customer service and they still do uh, produce a product and will give you, when they tell you that, hey, you're going to get that uh, product on uh, August 15th, you're going to get that product on August 15th. So that they are still doing a great job of that. But if they onboard all the new dealers going to them, that will change it's and they'll be just like up. everybody else. You're 100% correct. And you know that, yes, Safeway does uh, uh, display at Expo, but um, uh, General does not normally. And they are basically uh, just sitting back, watching the world go by and taking care of their customers. Yeah. And I hope that uh, we can continue to do that, that we can... Um, that they will continue to take care of their customers. And then we got to see what the, the big manufacturers are going to do. Are they going to take care of their dealer at a later date? My biggest question, you know this as well as I do, is when the price of steel starts falling back down, are they going to take these price increases back? Have you ever seen your door price go down for cost of goods? Not, you've already not when I wasn't price. negotiating deals. Yeah. Um, I will tell and you that's why I've been, I mean, I've been preaching for years, right? Like I don't mind if my pricing has been a little bit higher than everybody else's, but 
I like the flexibility of, and I sell high indoors. I try to sell high indoors mostly like right now, our month, our average door uh, sale is like, I think 5,500. Um, we don't sell a lot of thousand dollar doors. It's just not who we are. Um, so if I, if I'm paying, you know, a hundred dollars more, it's okay. Like I'm not, it's not the end of the world, right? We sell off a margin based on off a price and we're just gonna, um, do everything right in the other areas. Well, now with everything going on, I'm kind of putting the squeeze on manufacturers a little bit saying, Hey, listen, if you want us to buy more from you, I want your best, um, uh, what is it? Multiplier. Multiplier. I want your best multiplier. Give me your best multiplier, at least for the next 12 months. Can you do that? If you can, I'm going to buy more for it from you. If you can't, then I'm probably going to buy from somewhere else. Um, so you're not negotiating price right now. You're negotiating multipliers because, um, yeah, your price is going up, but at what rate? And so are you in a great multiplier, good multiplier, or bad multiplier? And if you're just selling Pandors, it really doesn't matter because you, you're probably only $20 difference from one to the other. But if you're selling Canyon Ridge, it could be a big freaking difference. If you're selling custom, you know, full view glass doors or, you know, uh, custom wood doors, that, that all plays a, a role in it. So uh, I'm negotiating. That's the difference in our model, buddy. Okay. You're selling those high-end doors and you, you are at their mercy of producing those high-end doors and getting them to you. You can't keep a warehouse full of Canyon Ridge doors. No. Okay. Where I, my typical sale is the typical 16, seven steel wrap or pan door, something along those lines where when they tell me there's a price increase coming, I basically beef up my inventory and, you know, continue on down the road. You are in a specialty market and in being in a specialty market, it's hard for you to stack, uh, stock those right springs. It's hard for you to stock that right track. It's hard for you to, to stock uh, the door sections only or something that nature. You know, you're, you're at the mercy of the door manufacturer. You are 100% at the mercy of the door manufacturer. Yep. Unless you bring somebody in that can build them suckers right in your own warehouse, you're at their mercy. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll stand That's by what for we're next working week. on. Yeah, That's we'll stand by for next week and see what yeah. happens there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know? uh, I will tell you that I've got a lot of very wealthy friends who are looking for opportunities to invest money uh, that I was in tech with. And, you know, some conversations have come up. We're looking at, um, uh, I know they're, they're desperately trying to get me involved in building a software for um, home service companies, because, you know, we're, uh, you got the service Titans of the world, you got the house call pros, you got the jobbers, there's lots of good software out there, but, um, I think they're all kind of, there's some things that can be done different and that's my background. And so that's their background. So we're looking at potentially doing that, but I also have talked to a few of them where they're like uh, doing research on um, what's it going to take to manufacture garage doors and uh, how effectively, and these guys are like efficiency machines. Like they would go into manufacturing and rock it because they're innovators. They're um, they're, they're used to building systems and processes that are more efficient than anywhere else and executing it. And so I, I put out a post not so long ago. I'm like, look, the possibility during this time, 
that a company could come in and be an innovator. And yeah, maybe it's not innovation as far as like garage doors go, but innovation as far as manufacturing goes, I got a feeling, I don't know how old all this crap is that they're working with in their manufacturing plants right now, what their systems and processes are, but I've got a feeling some of the processes might be a little archaic. Some of the software they're running off of might be old school. So these guys come in, you're talking a bunch of tech guys getting into manufacturing, bro. It's going to change the game. And I'm like, I'm not going to try and talk you into it because I don't really think y'all should do it, but um, they got the money. They got the time. They're all sitting at home. They're bored. They're picking my brain about, you know, garage door manufacturing and software and everything else. And I'm just like, what if they were to manufacture garage doors and build the software and all the door information passed through to the software and it was all one seamless integration with uh, spring balance, uh, uh, spring engineering information built in and everything. I'm talking, dude, to a price book, you wouldn't even have to build yourself. It would just be done from the manufacturer. Like I'm trying to get, I've been trying to get help from my manufacturers just to help me build my price book for years. And I can't even get it. And I'm telling my guys and they're like, dude, that's the simplest thing in the world. They got the data. It just needs to be formatted and pushed over. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't get it. And they're like, problem solved. We'd be able to fix that in a heartbeat. So if you got a group of guys like that come in and change the game and make it so simple and easy for everybody, dude, the whole industry is going to change. You just, you just uh, made me think, and I even wrote down a note so I didn't uh, uh, forget this. Now, people may throw a couple other names out here, but we'll just say in my 30-plus years of being in the industry, I saw Barclow go out of business, Taylor go out of business, Ankmar, Stanley, Dorling, Delton is still in business, but they're buying sections only from Amar. So, you know, I've seen how many companies go out of business and how many new companies come into business. Now, wait a minute. I said Dorlink. Dorlink's still in business. Dorlink's still in. Yeah, somebody somebody else before Dorlink. I'm trying to write my notes down. I, I There's got- a couple local manufacturers here that have been in the game for a while that they're out. Um, I think, uh, is Windsor still around? Windsor. I think Windsor's still there, but they're not a major player anymore. Yeah. And these, these places are selling out. They, Windsor went to Garaga. Um, you had... Uh, Safeway bought out, or I'm sorry, Safeway got the Stanley Stamps. Um, Ankmar is a runoff, was a runoff of Amar at the time. So, you know, you had, oh, and then you got the Prodor uh, that was started in Indianapolis, Cincinnati area, and now has been brought up, bought out by Rainer. So, you know, you have bigger companies buying these out. So there's not the innovation, there's not the individual manufacturer out there anymore that small manufacturer that you you would really help us in a time like now uh you know they're just not relevant anymore yeah and i can't tell you how many times uh safeway has been bought out uh they the amazing part about that is no one has ever no big boy has ever gobbled them up they've always gone to the open market and sold to an investor that thought that they could go ahead and make make more money out of making garage yeah and as I'm having a lot of conversations about selling garage door companies, I think, I don't know if everybody's, uh, I, well, I think they are. I mean, I'm getting, e- I'm getting emails, I'm getting mail uh, from brokers um, wanting to talk to me about the sell of my company. I've talked to other people that are getting similar mail. I think this is the time where brokers have a field day 
because they're like, ah, business owners are stressed. They're, they want out, right? Maybe we can get this at a discount. If you want a premium for your company, now is not the time to sell it, right? If you can weather the storm and make it out and make it out, uh, even if it's just barely, uh, but you make it out, you're going to be stronger. Um, you're going to, you're going to weather out other companies, other door companies that are probably not going to make it through. And so you're probably gonna have a little less competition and hopefully that helps catapult you to the next level. And so I think that there's probably gonna be a lot of companies getting bought acquired over the next 12 months. Um, as far as like door companies like me, um, not that I'm selling, I'm just saying like me, um, and then. I think you're going to have a lot of guys uh, probably not make it through. Um, and, and it's sad because when I look at that. That's, that's my heart is the home is, is the guy who built the business and he's sitting at the table, stressed out, um, trying to figure out how he's going to figure things out. And I created um, garage door U for that very reason. Um, like garage door U for me. I don't know if you know about this, Jim, but I started a, uh, like a peer network, where uh, me and other fellow, we got little small groups of five to six guys. And we, we literally dig into the weeds and we hold each other accountable to our goals and lift each other up. And, and um, that's, uh, that's game changing. Like for me, I, I love that. I've stuff. heard about it. I've seen it. I didn't know what started it and what made it, uh, what it is. And, you know, Brian, you have so many irons in the fire and I want to add to those irons in the fire. Uh, of opportunities and how to make our industry better. And that's what you're doing. You're making our industry better. And we just have to continue to allow your uh, footprint and to allow your voice to continue to grow. You, you, uh, the social media brotherhood that uh, has been developed over the past, we'll say five years, is just phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you have, if you don't know the answer, there is somebody out there that does. And you have guys that will motivate you every single morning to get going and go out and make that dollar. So yeah. if you're the tailgater, if you're the, you're the chuck in the truck, you're the one man show, uh, I'm the boss. You know, how am I going to get through? I, I'm swamped right now. How am I going to get through this? Uh, first off, do not put your family at jeopardy. They are number one. They have to be number one. It's okay to work overtime every single day this week, but don't do it for the next year. You just can't do that. You can't sustain it. And it's okay to say no. You actually go out and you see a crappy job that you don't want anything to do with. It's okay to say no. It's not going to badmouth you or anything else like that. Um, sometimes it's better off to leave it to the big boy to do that job instead of you. Somebody else that has additional resources that they can they can call in. But beyond that, uh, we have to all agree that, uh, you know, the platform that you've developed and the platform that we are following and trying to grow uh, has been fantastic for our industry, fantastic for our dealers, you know, and that's, that's one of the things I was on a, a council call with IDA a couple of days ago. And the last thing that I said, as I left this, you know, IDA is a dealer network. We have to be working for the dealer. And if that means we have to ask the hard question of our manufacturing brothers, well, then let's ask it because we need to know that answer as the dealer. And I guarantee you, I'm out there fighting for the dealer. Um, I fully respect every manufacturer that's out there. 
I yeah. have nothing bad to say. To Your job's not easy either. I just wanted to be more transparent and quit hiding behind the letters. Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I just, I feel like there's, you know, one letter, fine. No explanation needed. But all of these letters were like, when does it stop? How bad is it? Like, we're, we, you know, because I'm talking to people in HVAC and, and all these others, they're not experiencing the same things we're experiencing right. at all. Right. Um, I think even before we got onto this call, you and I were talking and you were able to get a HVAC system installed in four days. Right. And that, that's just it. You know, they, they are not experiencing that. I don't know. Is our reliance on China in our industry more so than the HVAC system? Uh, I don't have that answer. I don't know that that system. Are they only buying American steel and they can get American steel quicker? Um, is the answer to revert our manufacturers to American steel? And if one of these price increases was the reflect of that, then so be it. But say that, that that's the cause of it. Um, we all know that uh, I bet you any money it's the coil of steel coming off the, the line that somebody over on the left is saying, hey, I'll give you ten thousand dollars for it and the bid out on the street is nine thousand that they're shipping it to that person who will pay ten thousand for it um it's just really stupid things but like you said ryan the transparency has got to happen at some point in time we have some very very articulate charismatic uh manufacturing owners out there that could really come on and really uh at the end of the conversation not only inform you that the the actual facts of what's going on but also make you feel good about it. they're as good a talker as you or i if not better yeah. and you know why are they shying away from the microphone why are they shying away? now i will tell you one other thing that i i hate right now is there isn't a manufacturer out there that wants a new new customer they all want right. to just try to provide to their existing customers and get that understood now, I've, uh, I have not found out an answer to this, but I did pose this in the council um, meeting the other day, and they were supposed to provide this question to the manufacturers. Okay, you put me into a bind. I have a customer that bought a door. It's a specialty order door. And basically now you're going up 20% on it. Okay, because of your price increase, I want to cancel that order. Well, there's manufacturers out there that won't let you cancel that order unless you pay a 20% restocking fee. So you're screwed on either end. If you take that door, you're paying 20% more than what you originally thought you were going to. And if your customer cancels that door and then you subsequently cancel that door, you have to pay a 20% restocking fee. You know, we have got, they have got to get that out of under control. They have got to uh, send that message out that, hey, no, this isn't what we're doing. Uh, let us know your customer canceled the door and we'll eat the restocking fee. Something has to happen to that that degree because if you're changing the price on me and my customer cancels because of that, you're shafting me, the dealer, and that's not acceptable. Yeah, and that'll put us out of business really quick. And so yeah. uh, if that's the reason I go out of business, then uh, unfortunately, I'll probably just hire my attorney to take care of it. But um and then, you know, if it's happening to a bunch of people, you're looking at a class action lawsuit, right? And so yep. that doesn't need to take place. I mean, it, if um, I think where I'm most frustrated is 
Like if I read one of these letters, right, I could be wrong. I need to probably reread, especially before the panel discussion today, but it said that if the door isn't shipped by a certain date, this increase is going to be applied. Almost essentially saying, we know you're not in control of how quick we manufacture this door, but if it takes us longer than this here, then you're going to be charged an additional percentage. And I'm like, what the heck? What incentive do you have to try to manufacture this door before you increase the price? And we made the agreement when we purchased the door. So if you're going to raise the price on me, I'm going to get my attorney involved, point blank, 100%. And every door manufacturer should, or every door dealer should too, because we ordered the door at this price. And if you change it, that was the agreement. And so now, and now if I've signed some type of contract with them or whatever that allows them to change the price, even after we order, then I'm screwed. But if that's not the case, then you cannot have me order a door at one price and then tell me that because you took too long to ship it, you're going to charge me more. Well, you may be fortunate there, Ryan, and, and have an attorney on retainer, uh, but a lot of the chucking it's not a fortunate thing but yeah yeah I got it. but i hey chuck chucking the trucks if you guys are dealing with this and you need some help i don't think we stick together let me know my attorney's very good in the garage door industry she is a freaking pit bull so i don't mind sharing some funds we can get it together we'll figure it out but i'm not going to get abused by manufacturers i don't think the little guys need to be abused by the manufacturers and changing prices on dealers after we've agreed to the price that doesn't happen anywhere else you, you don't go to freaking burger king and order a burger off the menu and then it takes them too long to get it to you and say oh price increased from the time you ordered it to the time i'm able to package this up and put it in your bag and hand it to you through the drive through window i need an additional dollar for your sandwich that's bull dude that is bull and there's no reason that that should happen and I, if I misread it, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I read it right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just what we have to do. We have to stick together. It's going to take the dealer sticking together to make it take us take us through this. And I bet you we come out a heck of a lot stronger from this. But once again, we don't know where the end is. I mean, the, the manufacturers can't tell us that. Uh, okay, by January, things will be under control. They can't. And we don't know when uh, the free money from the government is going to stop. And once the free money from the government stops, will people go back to work? Will people uh, then, will, will our businesses go back to what they used to be, where if you handle 15 calls a day, you're handling 15 calls a day instead of 27 calls a day now. Um, we don't know. We don't have a stop date for that. And it's just going to happen one day. Now, here, here's a good question for you, Ryan. And here's a good question for our dealers. At this point in time, because we are at an industry high for our product, do we just go out and try to keep them running? Do we go out and just try to repair what they currently have? In Absolutely. Product, you know, 100%. And, let, let and, them know and you that, should be charging a lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do believe that's happening now. That we are charging a lot more. But, you know, maybe the answer is, hey, let's go out and let our customers know that, hey, we are getting hammered with price increases from the manufacturers that we do believe are unsustainable. 
And at some point in time, they're going to have to uh, revert the, the, the prices or the numbers back to something reasonable. And yeah. right now, I'm just going to fix your door $300. And, you know, maybe in two, three years, when something happens again, the market will be steadier and we'll be able to get you a product. It's going to be the same thing with cars. How many cars are sitting in parking lots right now built that they can't put them on the street because they don't have the computer chips? Um, you know, everybody's saying I'm I'm buying a 2021. They have a floor plan. It's different. Yep. It's different. They got a floor plan. The manufacturer's fronting them products with a certain amount of money. And I know some door manufacturers do have floor plans for the bigger dealers. Yep. That is not the case for the majority. So that is slightly different. They're asking us to pay for doors when they ship them. They're invoicing us for doors that are incomplete. Incomplete. And they're asking us to, I guess, figure it out or they'll share in the cost or whatever. Um, that is not a reasonable solution. So these door manufacturers, in my opinion, are probably very much more profitable than a lot of the door dealers. The door manufacturers are more profitable than door dealers, in my opinion. Yeah. You, have, you have CFOs working for these companies. They're managing money, but they're making decisions that's going to affect them long-term because they're making decisions that's not in the best interest of the dealers and uh, maybe not in the best interest of their own either, but there's going to, you have to pick and choose your battles. And some of these door manufacturers choosing battles that I think are going to affect them for a very long time. I agree with you. And I do believe that two years from now, we are going to see a slide in our market where the product is going to be more readily available, where the manufacturers are going to be begging for you. And, um, you know, the door dealer, though, will that door dealer still be there? You know, yeah. can, they, can they survive what's going on out there right now? Correct. So let's talk tactical real quick before we jump off. Um, let's say you're a small dealer. Um, you're kind of at the mercy of what's going on. What are, some, what are some changes you can do? I know you mentioned there's a lot of door dealers out there right now that are repairing doors. The sections and track are still good. Maybe you sell like a whole overhaul where you do the hinges and the and the the cables and the springs and the drums cool. and the swap everything out. And that's what um, that that door dealer, that small door dealer, is going to have to decide what they are able to do, what they are able to inventory. Uh, you know, we used to always say for a hundred bucks, uh, a guy could go into business because he got he's as long as he got a truck and he got a hundred bucks, he can go to the. Uh, distribution center and buy this and buy that and go fix that door. Uh, that's not the case today because a lot of the distribution centers are short in products. So they're going to have to come up with a way to inventory something. And you just have to inventory, even if it's an extra hardware box and you buy a hardware box at a time or something of that nature and you use it to go ahead and do a complete overhaul. Section, uh, replacement sections, it's just not gonna happen. Trying yep. to get those replacement sections, if it's not something sitting on the floor, is going to take you 12 to 16 weeks to get. And does the person want to be without their door that long? These are things that you're going to have to do. The small guy, you're going to be hurting. Maybe, I'll even, I, I, I'm not throwing any advertisement out to uh, any other door dealer or anything else, but maybe have a relationship with a medium size or larger size door company instead of a distribution facility. You know, Ryan, if you came to me and said, hey, Jim, I need 50 rollers, I'd be able to, you know, get you those 50 rollers. 
Um, you know, hey, I need uh, five hardware boxes. I'm going to be able to get you those five hardware boxes. Um, and it's not going to hurt me, but I'm able to provide them to you uh, yeah. and get them. I'd be willing time. to do that if it was parts that I wasn't limited on and I needed right. to run my company. Exactly. But yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I, I love the guys in my area, most of them. So yeah. Yeah, that's my, a new little thing. I love most of you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would take care of some local guys. I wouldn't have a problem with that if they, they reached out and was like, Hey man, I, I'm in a bad spot. I need some track or whatever. Like, sure. No problem, dude. I'll freaking what you need. Exactly. Pay me up front, but I'll get your track for you. Right. I, I mean, I can tell you the situations, Ryan, where I've been up in Northern Michigan installing a, a an 18, eight door. And guess what got loaded up in my track, in my truck, seven foot track. You know, if it wasn't for social media and uh, a partner uh, up north in uh, the Sheboygan, Michigan area, I would have been screwed. But believe it or not, he came through for me within an hour. And, yeah. you know, we have been friends ever since. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and try to make that connection with somebody in your area. That's a little bit bigger. And you could start a local, um, like I've got an Atlanta door installers and um, technician page. Yep. Uh, you could start a local page, invite some of your competition to it. And, you know, if you, if there's any needs or whatever, you could post them in there. Right. And, you know, you have to be uh, adaptable. You know, you, you basically, as a, as a manufacturer, I'm sorry, as a uh, medium-sized door dealer, in my market, I, I have to be welcoming to those individuals. I'm not going to slam the door on their face. Right. You never know when you're going to need each other. And, you know, I know a few of them come in and see me now. And, you know, if I get some more to come in, that, that's fine. Like I said, we can adjust our inventories and maybe we do have a little bit better buying power that we can get that product in. That's great can. advice, Jim. I yeah. love that. And, you know, I'm all about unity and transparency and working together and i think good things happen so i freaking love that dude that's yeah, great advice exactly you know don't don't turn your back on your brother you know you're gonna it's gonna come back and get you but those are the things that if you don't have a few extra bucks to have some stock springs or something of that nature uh, you cannot rely on that distribution center anymore and i can um kevin pike is one that uh, uh talks all the time that he can go just to a dc he doesn't need a warehouse and today he wishes he had a warehouse. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those are things that uh, I have the warehouse. I have the, I have that 16, seven white door when the customer crashes through it that I can put in, or if you need it, guess what? I'll pull it out of my inventory and give it, sell it to you. You, know? right. you bet, never be surprised. Here's, here's one final thing. Uh, you'd never be surprised. Sometimes I might be able to sell you that door cheaper than what you could have bought it from the distribution center for. Yeah. And you're not driving 50 miles from the distribution center. Right. So. Yeah, I know all the local distribution centers here in Atlanta, for the most part, have put out statements that they are no longer selling parts without door sections. So you have to buy the whole kit. And so I don't know what some of the smaller companies are doing. Like that puts them in a really tough spot because where are they going to store and where are they going to get springs? Service Springs not bringing on any new people. I've heard resource. Um, I don't know if they are or not. I can't remember. But um, so, I mean, you got, you got a little bit of a squeeze happening. And, you know, I hate to say this, but there's always a correction in the market. And if you're, 
if you have a flooded market one way or the other, it tends to balance out after time. And so uh, you probably will have a little bit of a purging right now. Uh, my question is, is are these people going to get out of the door business completely? Or is this going to open up opportunities for them to possibly go work for other companies and yeah. general manager positions and, you know, like uh, service manager positions, things like that. Leadership role. Leadership role. Um, yeah. So maybe you weren't the best at running a company or maybe you weren't financially in a great spot. Is this open you up to be able to go do that? So that's. Um, Here's one thing. And you know, this as well as I do, Ryan. Running a business is not all that much fun and easy. You know, sometimes it doesn't hurt to be that eight to five, five guy. Um, you can rely on your paycheck. You can rely on the workload. And you don't have the stress that that owner has. And I, I can't begin to tell everybody and anybody, it is a stressful position to have. And how many hats you have to wear from day to day. I've seen you out on the service truck recently having to go run uh, some service calls yeah, did. in that nature. So you're I'm doing some door sales now. Yep. And, uh, you know, you wear all those hats and you're still trying to wear this hat of running portion talk. You're still running trying to wear the hat of such, such and such. You, you're GDU. wearing so many hats. Dad, and, husband. Yeah, husband. And that, that's the first thing. Yeah. You know, and you do those things. You have to prioritize them. And it's not a bad thing to be an employee and know what your check's going to be at the end of the week or in the ballpark of what it's going to be at the end of the week. And if you have a little bit of extra time, hey, I can do, uh, I can do this in overtime or I can work on Saturday and make a little uh, extra money, like do it at piece rate instead of hourly rate or something of that nature. There's all kinds of different opportunities that I as an owner am open to and you as an employee have to capitalize on. So being an employee, it's not a bad thing. All right. So to wrap up, I just want to share a couple of things. Number one, uh, owners out there, you are not alone. I know sometimes it feels like it, but you are not alone. There's always a way you've got to figure it out. If you need help, you reach out uh, to your door brothers. We're all here for you. We do not want to see you go out of business. Um, uh, Reevaluate your processes. I know you're like, uh, I think, I talked to somebody the other day, I was telling him, Ben, you need to just uh, figure out how to run more efficiently. And he's like, I don't even have time to sit down and figure out how to run more efficiently. I was like, dude, then you need to take a day off. You need to take a day off, get a white dry erase board, and you need to just go through your processes and find out where everything's broken and start prioritizing. Um, and you can't afford not to do that. And so if you are not doing that if you're not reevaluating things because your processes pre-covid aren't working now or you're experiencing growth or you're experiencing inventory issues there's processes that are broken i mean we're we have uh times blocked off where we're going to be working on um, standard operating procedures for uh residential install repair sales dispatch commercial like we're going through and we're going to redo everything um from the scratch not what we're doing now but what we want to do because we're we're looking at potentially doubling this year in revenue and some of our old processes are broken not just broken because of covid or what's going on with manufacturing but broken because we're now at another level in revenue uh, that requires us to reevaluate and change our processes. So you will outgrow things, times change, things change that are going to cause you to do that. And it is worth it to take the day off, 
lock it off, turn your phone off, tell your family, look, I'm going to not be available. Bring in confidants. Like, um, you know, if you have a mentor or bring in some of your best employees, say, look, we're blocking this off. We're going to all sit in the conference room and we're going to figure this out together. And we're going to lock the door. We're going to order pizza and we're not leaving. Nobody's answering the phones unless it's an emergency. Um, and I mean like fire, death, bleeding, you know, something to that effect. We are not answering the phone or leaving. And we're going to figure this out before we leave. That's what you have to do right now. And in some cases, and so I would encourage you guys just um, be intentional about things right now, be proactive, uh, soak up as much information as possible. If you got topics that you want me to talk about that might help you out, shoot them to me. I'll be glad to do whatever I can. Uh, hopefully this panel discussion answers some of the questions for you guys. Uh, but when it comes to your business, um, and, you know, we got GDU, we're going to be meeting uh, every week. If you're interested in something like that, give me a shout out. But uh, we're here for you. We love you guys. We're here to support you. I know Jim's here for you. If you need some advice, he's always great with giving some words of wisdom. Uh, he's been around for a long time, so he's not. You may be experiencing some high highs and some low lows. But one thing about Jim is when you call him, he's that steady Eddie. He's going to be there. He's going he's gonna to hear the noise. He's going to be like, I think that's noise. Focus here. you know. And if you're too low or you're too high, he's going to be able to feel that. And, and that's the type of people you need to surround yourself with because what you're experiencing in the, the overwhelming feelings, things are never as good as they seem and things are never as bad as they seem. It's usually somewhere in the middle. So don't get too overwhelmed. Focus on you. Take care of yourself. I know a lot of people are eating poorly, not taking care of themselves right now because they're overworked and stressed out. Stress will kill you. Do not let that happen. We're here for you, Jim. You're here for us, right? You better believe it, buddy. I know a lot of guys that are struggling. And so I just want you guys to know, listen, it's not, it's never as bad as it seems. And we're here for you if you need anything. And uh, I'm happy to chat with you if you need us. So have a great day. Jim, you want to close with anything? All I want to do is say, get your Torsion Talk swag. Okay. I'm wearing my tor Torsion Talk t-shirt and uh, Brian has his on. And just get your torsion talk swag. It's been a great time talking with you all. Thanks, Ryan. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Holla. See you guys later.